Hey there, welcome to Mastering Social Media for Schools, the podcast for school communicators all across the country. I'm so excited for you to listen to Kristen Boyd Edwards. She's out of Reading, Pennsylvania, and she's doing amazing things. First of all, she's a single shop person with 18,000 students. It's amazing the work that she's been able to do, but she's going to talk about how she's really been able to build a team of storytellers to help her. And she's got some other tricks up her sleeve as far as how she's able to get great content out. Um, She's going to talk through her social media journey, which started back in 2013, and really explain the breakdown of how they celebrate the great things happening between Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Um, She's got a cool uh, tool um, that she's able to use to help get more stories from her staff. And she talks about her biggest tips um, with social media. And I know that they are going to help you. And of course, we talk about kid superintendent. It was her video creation that she created with her son um, for Back to School 2020 that literally went viral and landed her on Good Morning America, among other places. So let's get to it, to this episode with Kristen Boyd Edwards. I'm your host, Andrea Gribble founder of Hashtag Social School for EDU. I am here to train you and your staff to be social media storytellers so you can stand out from other schools, celebrate your students and staff, and reach thousands in your community every single day. This podcast is for school social media managers who care about their school and community and want to keep them connected. Every week on the Mastering Social Media for Schools podcast, you'll learn simple, actionable strategies from top-notch guests. Their advice, along with my experience working directly with hundreds of schools across the country, will help you stop being overwhelmed and start truly enjoying your job. The School Communicator community is incredibly giving and inspiring, and this is the place to meet them. Today's K-12 PR tip is all about driving more engagement on your Facebook posts. We know that posts are seen by more people when people are commenting or when they're sharing your posts. Well, here's a simple trick. Instead of just asking a question where you expect people to type out an answer that they may or may not want to type out, you ask a question and ask them to respond given a specific emoji. For example, if you want to give a shout out to your staff by responding with a, and in the post you write out or you type in the clapping emoji, right? The two hands coming together and clap emoji below, you're going to have people that will respond. And instead of having to type anything, all they have to do is find that emoji and respond with that and show their appreciation. Now, of course, some people are actually going to respond with a comment as well, but emojis make it easy, they make it fun, and ultimately you're going to get more comments. Now, we've got a couple example posts in the show notes. Um, We've got one using an air hug where they actually ask you to respond with a purple heart and uh, to give an air hug back to a student. Um, And we're going to talk about that in today's interview. But it's so simple because then people actually will respond with 
that purple heart or in my first example with that clapping emoji. So I challenge you, take this tip, try it in your district and see how it works. I bet you're going to get more responses, which ultimately means your stories are reaching more people. So now with that, let's get to today's interview with Kristen. I am so excited to welcome to the podcast, Kristen Boyd Edwards. Good morning, Kristen. Hi, everybody. Excited to be here. It's, you know, I've only been chasing you for months and months, <laughs> but yes. it's 2020 and it's a little bit crazy. So I just want to welcome you to the show. And I've Thank known you. you for years and been a huge fan, but many of our listeners may not know who you are. So I'd love for you to just kind of explain who you are, what you do, all of that. Sounds like a plan. My name is Kristen Boyd Edwards. I am the communications director for Reading School District, which is in Reading, Pennsylvania. We are situated between Harrisburg and Philadelphia. We are an urban district, um, all Title I, and we have about 18,000 students and uh, 2,000 staff members uh, approximately. Uh, my background was in journalism. I'm a previous newspaper reporter and magazine editor. Um, and when I saw how the industry was going, when I returned to Reading, I decided to move into marketing and communications. Initially, I worked at the local chamber of commerce here when this job became available. Um, my sister is a teacher here, so she saw it first and encouraged me to apply. Um, and it's been a great decision. My entire family graduated from the Reading School District, uh, including my parents and my husband. So we are diehard Red Knights. That's incredible. So how long have you been in Reading? Uh, this position, I was hired in fall 2012, um, but then was laid off a few months later with budget cuts. And then I was brought back into the fold about a year after that. So I really kind of consider 2014 my official start um, because when I started in 2012, we were just starting to get the ball rolling and then hit the wall. Um, so it's been about six years. Okay, awesome. Well, that's about when I got started in yeah. school PR, which again, I, I didn't even know existed when, uh, when I uh, started this business. Um, so 18,000 students, 2,000 staff members, how big is your communication staff, Kristen? It is just me. I am a one-person band in Reading, um, which has its challenges. Um, I've been trying to find some creative ways to um, not be a solo, <laughs> a solo department. Um, I do try to explain to our staff members that they are a part of the communications team and, and I'm starting to do uh, more professional development and explaining to them how they can be uh, kind of a part of my squad. Um, we do have a communications crew now, um, which I was able to designate a person from each building to really help support the communications department and two-way communications between my department and the buildings. Um, so that's been about a year and that has been really, really helpful um, so we're, we're really starting to click together and really produce some amazing content. And then I was able to finagle contracts. Um, so we have a contracted videographer, but we can only do three videos a month. And then a contracted photographer who I can have up to 10 assignments a month. So it's, it's a good start, but definitely not where I would love to be as a communications department. But one step at a time. Yeah. And you, the work you do and, you know, 
at Reading is very impressive. We're going to make sure that everybody listening has links, you know, not only to your website, but to your social channels as well. Uh, But I'm always so amazed. You're a one person shop, but you, but you really tell the story and you've built, you know, you use the limitations maybe that you have, but you've built that army of storytellers. Um, And I know, you know, within our membership group that you're a part of, you actually um, talked through how you did kind of a little boot camp, right? With Mm -hmm. those, those um, building, what do you call them again? Communication crew. Okay. So parts of your communication crew, when you could get together, this was before uh, 2020, you brought them together and kind of did some training. Correct. We did a communications camp. Once I, I got the, the project approved, um, we did a communication camp right at the tail end of that school year. Um, and it was fantastic. We did a three-hour communication boot camp. We made it like boot camp, um, which is an idea that I had gotten. I don't know if it was from uh, PR uh, Power Hour or if it was from you and your team, but we made it very campfire um, and we had a theme Um, But it was fantastic. They all bought right into storytelling and what we were trying to do. Um, And it was a great way to kind of kick off. I wish we could have done it this year. We did do a Zoom call, but it doesn't have the same flavor and feel as it did when we all got to get together and really kind of hash out ideas. Yeah, that's that's incredible. So in addition to that, um, you know, back when you started kind of officially in 2014, could you talk about your social media journey there at Reading and kind of walk us through how that has evolved? Sure. So I have built our communications department from scratch. There was a community engagement department previously, um, but they didn't really focus on communications. So when I started in 2012, I immediately wanted to create social media. However, the superintendent at the time did not believe in social media, did not understand it. So we were at a standstill. So it took me about four months to convince her that this was a tool that we needed to implement and explaining why. So I was actually pregnant at the time. So when I went out on maternity leave with my second child, um, I did it during maternity leave because while he was asleep, I had plenty of time. So I created our Facebook page. uh, So that would have been spring 2013. And by the time we got back from maternity leave, well, I got back from maternity leave, we had about a thousand followers. So it took off right away. It was helpful that I'm from this community. So I invited all of the people I graduated with. I invited all of my family um, and the parents who I already had established relationships with. Um, And so we had a thousand off the bat. So I was really excited about that. And my initial goal um, was to really create a safe space where we could share positive news about the district and our students. Um, Again, being an urban district and we're an urban district surrounded by suburban and rural rural districts. And we usually take the hit. We are, you know, the the kind of the bad news bears, the people um, that they're like, oh, you know, we don't have to worry about running. But I knew from being a student here, that we had really great talented students and I wanted to be able to showcase that and share that. I wanted to be able to highlight our staff members who go above and beyond. So that's what our initial uh, driving force was. How do we create a safe space where people can see themselves in a positive light? And that's what really connected with our community because our newspaper wasn't always doing that. It was always the negative, the drama, um, different things that might have been happening in the school district. And so that had always been the, the recurring story. What's going on with Reading? It was all bad. It was all terrible. And we just knew better. 
Um, we knew there were still positives happening. We knew there were great things happening. So that's what we focused on. And then as soon as we started to kind of, you know, develop a game plan, boom, I was laid off and we had to shut down the, the page. Um, and so when I came back, that was the first thing I did was republish our page. Okay. So you just unpublished it. You didn't lose those followers, but Correct. then you kind of had to start building it again. Exactly. We did lose Twitter at that point. Um, there was no indication that uh, I was coming back at all. They eliminated the entire communications department. So at that time when you were on Twitter, you had to completely deactivate and there was no way to recapture that. Um, so that's the one thing that I always find disappointing with social media is I know you encourage us to have the same uh, URL across the board. It makes it easier to remember. Um, and we lost that capability when when that happened. Okay. Um, so your Facebook fans now, you've got how many, you've got over 21,000 people who like your page. And in the past, and, and uh, you know, we, we work together, we do some coaching. So I see your stats. In the last 28 days, you've reached almost 60,000 people just through your Facebook page. Right. And we actually had a, a low October. So I'm super proud of that, of that number. Like many people were struggling through COVID and how to create content. Um, and we're virtual, all virtual. So we don't have any in-person um, happening right now. And so it, it has been a struggle to figure out how do we showcase what's happening um, without just having a series of, you know, Google Meet grids every day. Um, so I'm very proud of how engaged we remained in October, even though it wasn't a traditional month for us and our content. Yeah. So you started kind of with Facebook and really have built that up. What other mm -hmm. channels do you routinely use for, for celebrating all the great things happening? Correct. So we have five Facebook pages. I, I know that's not always encouraged, but I've researched and studied our district um, and kind of what the wants and needs are. So just on Facebook, we have our traditional main district Facebook page. We do have a high school page because our high school has about 5,000 students. Um, so we felt it was necessary at that level. We have a Facebook page in Espanol because our district is about 86% uh, people with Lat Latinx heritage. Um, so we focused on that. We do have a good number of families who prefer their information in Spanish only. We have an arts page because arts is huge in our district, arts, music, library, media. And then we have an athletics page, which is also huge in our district. So we focus that on Facebook um, and we try our very best to stick to a schedule based on the, the stats that we've routinely reviewed. Um, and so we typically do 7, 11, 3, and 7 uh, on our main page. And then we try to post at least three times on the other supporting pages per week. We usually far exceed that, but that's always the goal. Um, then we do have Twitter, um, which we primarily use more for um, communicating with our business community or community engagement. It allows people to tag us so that we can retweet. We do have Instagram. Um, and I'm still learning. Um, I love Instagram, but I'm still trying to figure out exactly how to use it for our district. Um, so I was so excited last week when you did the Instagram stories with Tove out of Washington. That was all the ideas that I got over the weekend about how we could use that a little more strategically. Um, we do have a LinkedIn page, which is pretty popular in our community. Um, we don't just use it for job postings. 
we use it to share the district story um, so that once people are looking for jobs and they see that page, they get a little taste uh, about what our district is, what our culture is, um, what our strategies are, what our mission is. They see that through the LinkedIn page. And then we have an active YouTube channel. Okay. That's awesome. Um, all right. So we covered a lot. I'm going to ask some questions here. Okay. So you do you on those five Facebook pages, which you kind of said, hey, you know, Andrea usually says, hey, you should have one like district wide mm -hmm. page, but you have 18,000 students, Kristen. So yes. it, it's definitely different. I mean, I talk to a lot of schools that have 2000 students and they think they need, you know, three different elementary Facebook pages and all of that, and they they compete against each other. Right, you really have a high school page, but then your your Spanish speaking page, your arts, your athletics. That makes sense to me. Um, do you run all of those pages, or who runs those different pages? No, it is me. Um, for some of the pages, we do have support. Um, some of our art teachers and librarians have stepped up to assist me with the arts page, and I'm trying to get more coaches involved with the athletics page. Um, we recently brought on Class Intercom, which for me has been huge. I haven't been able to roll it out in the way that I would have loved to kind of pre-COVID, um, but we already have some people utilizing that. Um, because what I learned, again, a lot of this is just trial and error and asking questions. And when I really got down with staff and said, you know, why don't you want to be an editor on the page? They said it was fear. It was the fear of messing up, the fear of spelling something incorrectly. Um, and so when class intercom came, I was like, this is perfect because they can go into the queue. I can review it. And, and for the ones who I already have kind of trained on class intercom, it has been really fantastic. Um, I do have, um, we just hired a community engagement type of role um, solely for Spanish speakers. So I am incorporating her more into the Spanish page so that she's able to respond quickly. Um, and that has been a huge help. But for the most part, um, I do the heavy lifting. Okay. And we'll make sure to link Class Intercom just in the show notes. Um, mm -hmm. I'm friends with folks over there. And I think it's an, it's an incredible way for people to submit content, but ultimately you're the one that then pushes it out and says, okay, it's okay to post at this time, right? There's Correct. a kind of approval process. Absolutely. And like I said, for our district, um, that really, because that was the one thing I kept hearing from staff who were interested in supporting, but not necessarily wanting to was just that fear of messing up. So it takes away that fear because they can just pop it right in there. I can review it, add an emoji and schedule it out at a time where I know our audience will see it. Yeah, that secret sauce. And then yeah. you talked about, you know, you post the most on the district page. You mentioned 7, 11, 3, and 7. So 7 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. Is that the typical times you're posting on Facebook? Correct. Okay. Correct. And again, I learned that from you. Um, when you taught us how to really look at insights and really study um, our our audiences and demographics. And I started to look at that a little more deeply. And that's when I realized those were our hot button times. Obviously, we're not talking about a crisis. This is everyday general information. And, and, that, and once we did that, um, it made my life a little easier because I knew I had a schedule. I wasn't always working in the moment. Um, but our audience, that's just when they're, they get up, they want to see Facebook, they look. 11 o'clock is a nice lunchtime hour. 3 p.m. is when most people are picking up their kids from school. And then 7 o'clock before everybody kind of heads to bed, they see that. 
Yeah, that's incredible. And I'm betting that right now you're not posting that often because you have virtual learning going on. There is less mm -hmm. content, but right. in a normal year, you're probably hitting most of those times because you've got much to celebrate. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah, September and October, like I said, have definitely been different. Um, we try to at least get one time a day, uh, but we're I'm still trying to figure that out. What else could we be doing, sharing? Um, again, that's not just this Google Meet grid because that gets old pretty quick. Yeah, and uh, everybody's kind of struggling. And you've got a lot on your plate uh, with other things that you're communicating, not just social media. Um, there is something I just wanted to talk through, and and um, I, I get these questions a lot. So, And I've even had guests on this podcast that'll say, you should only be posting once a day on Facebook because of the algorithm and, you know, Facebook's going to decrease your reach. And, and actually, just last week, I, I jumped into some pages one page that posted about once a day and one page that posted twice a day. Um, and right now, you know, twice a day is, is doing really well. Mm -hmm. That page that posted twice a day, they overall, they reach twice as many people. So I just want to say, you know, I think if you're sharing valuable stories that people are going to engage with, you definitely can post more than once a day. Um, if you're forcing stuff out or, you know, that's not going to drive a little of engagement um, or drive little engagement, like it being a bulletin board of upcoming events, you know, that's going to ultimately hurt you. But um, I think that if you've got the stories to tell, you should tell them because you have such an engaged audience. Mm -hmm. um, would you agree with that? I absolutely do. I think it's knowing your audience. If your audience is is not heavily into Facebook, once a day might be great. I live in an area where people truly kind of live on social media. We have a host of younger parents. We have a host of young alumni and they like social media. So I, I agree with you. As long as the story is connecting, then they'll connect. Yeah. And then just with Instagram, you just had mentioned some training that we did last week with uh, Tova Tupper out of Washington. Uh, Highline Schools does a great job. So oh, I want to encourage everyone. Yeah. And she was a podcast listener um, or podcast guest. And then when I learned some of her Instagram secrets, that's when I grabbed her. And uh, just for all of you listeners, we do specialized training inside of a membership group that Kristen's in. Um, and some of that training is just for members only. So we'll make sure to have a link uh, for you to check that out. But I think that it's so cool because it can make your job so much easier. And she definitely shared great tips. Absolutely. I would encourage everyone to join, not to give the sales pitch, but it has been such a huge help, um, especially for me because I'm a one-person department. Sometimes I feel like I work in a bubble. There aren't many um, school PR people in my community. So being able to have this space where you can talk, ask questions, see what other people are doing, and you may not necessarily do it exactly the way they do based on your audience, but it's a good starting point. It's a good template to say, that's a great idea. How can I incorporate that here? And again, just being able to have people to bounce ideas off of and learn from, it's it's been tremendous. And we learn a lot from you, Kristen, because oh, sometimes I, sometimes I think I could feature uh, things that you're doing in your district um, daily. So that's that's great. Um, now, I've known you for a lot of years. 
And back in 2019, we're both members of ENSPRA. We love that uh, the National School of Public Relations Association, um, they've brought tons of people together and I've, I've learned so much. But back in 2019, we happened to be in Washington, D.C. for the seminar. And I think you really took a big step in owning, you know, your position, your future and all of that. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. I I was very nervous to go to Ensboro. Um, and my husband was the one that said, no, you, you need to go. You need to branch out. You need to get out of this comfort zone and go. So when I came to D.C., I came in with that, you know, rocky Philadelphia attitude, like I'm going to tackle this. Let's go. Um, and obviously I saw you um, and it was so great to see you and you and I believe it was Leslie had created the bingo card. And it was kind of, you know, see these people take a selfie and I took that on as a personal challenge because it was so outside of my comfort zone to just walk up to people, talk to them, take a selfie, which I am I, a person who cannot take a selfie to save my life. But I just took on that challenge that I need to do this for me and my personal growth. And that was kind of something that 100% clicked with me. Um, and it took that, the, what kind of was bubbling inside of me, knowing that something wasn't feeling right in my current job. And when I got to Ensboro, I learned it's because I was starting to focus more on strategy um, when I had long been a tactician. And then hearing all those stories and meeting those people and realizing, okay, I need to get from A to B. It was just a huge shift in my personal growth and a huge shift in how I approach my job. So when I returned to work, I said, okay, we have some work to do because, you know, the good news is great, but we need to start moving the needle. Um, and that's what we've been focused on the last year in really trying to use communication strategically and to move the needle and not just like, okay, here's all the fun stuff, which is great. But again, you know, I felt like I could be so much more to my district. Um, and Ensboro really taught me that that year. Yeah. And you got to take baby steps, but you're putting in the systems that are going to help you be successful. And you have recently taken on a charge, which I don't, I wouldn't wish upon anybody in the year 2020. You are in like an APR cohort. cohort so you're, you're working towards um, your accreditation in public relations. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. I had, you know, Tracy Gents, who is one of my, my good PR friends, has encouraged us since Ensfera. And then Justin Deering, um, I saw him pop up on Twitter and said, you know, we're in this cohort, let's go. And I thought if there was ever a group I wanted to be with, it was Justin, um, Becca's in that group. And it was just fantastic. Now I will say I'm taking the slow path. Um, they're a little more um, advanced. Um, so my goal is the end of 2021 that I will go for my APR. But I just going through those courses, like I said, you start to put names to things and you just learn so much. And so I feel so much more empowered when I come to work because I'm like, wait a minute, on page 196, this is how we should be approaching this. And this is what will help us, you know, reach our objective. And this is how we should evaluate. And I just feel so much again, just more empowered coming to work, kind of knowing what I'm talking about. So I love it. I love it. That's incredible. And, uh, you know, I've been able to see, you know, like you said, you've kind of got a softer voice and, but you are so powerful inside. And I think you've really stepped into that. Thank and you. what better way to have something that you created, you thought up, 
go absolutely viral uh, this fall. And I just kind of wanted to end with talking a little bit about kids superintendent. And I know you've shared it on Justin Deering's uh, podcast, School uh, PR Happy Hour. But I'd like you to just share a little bit about, um, and if and we'll definitely link the video in the notes, um, but, but about what, how did that come about and, and kind of the process? So I'll tell you just a little bit of the background story, which connects to Ensboro, because like you said, that's where I kind of feel like I found my footing in school PR and I gained some confidence. Um, and it started there. Um, and it started with Kristen Majette, um, you know, and Daniel and Sean talking about K-12 PR wellness. And it like triangulated that Leslie and I had a conversation and, you know, she you know, offered the Shirley Chisholm quote with me about, you know, bring your folding chair to the table. And then this summer's Inspira, I listened to Melissa Smith from the Chester County IU, um, who kind of put a positive on social media. I had long been relegated to kind of being described as the social media girl. And I took that like as a negative. And she said, it's a positive. You're connecting with your audience. You're doing great storytelling. Take it as a positive and go. So that all triangulated with this what are we going to do for back to school? And I thought, what story could we tell? And um, usually the superintendent, we have a big opening day at our municipal stadium and he gets to talk. And I just knew from, I felt the temperature in our district and I knew that's not where we needed to be coming back into virtual learning. So I was, you know, at home one night, um, I literally found out that Thursday we had to do something and I was like, oh, goodness, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I thought, everybody loves kid president. And I was like, oh, bingo, we could do kid superintendent. My goal was never that it would exceed, you know, or go beyond our school district. I just knew our staff love that. And, you know, cute kids work, animals work. So I was like, we can get a cute kid. He'll give a positive message. And hopefully everybody will start this school year off kind of taking a breath and, and realizing that we can do this. Um, I had a student in mind um, who I had used in a separate video, and, but I, I wasn't sure with the timeline if he would be available. So I woke my son up and I said, listen, if this young man can't do it, can you do this for me? And he was half asleep and he said, sure. And I literally squeezed his face and I said, no, I need you to wake up and listen to me. If you can do this, let me know. And he said, sure, mom. Um, and he told me, he, you know, the next day he said he would just want Taco Bell. And I said, you got it. Um, I reached out to the student, um, but he had a basketball tournament. So my son stepped in and I mean, he took what I had written and added a whole character um, to it that I had never even seen from him. So as a mom, I was proud. And as a school PR person, I was proud because I knew we had created something that our staff would really connect to. So it was a phenomenal experience. Um, I'm a writer. That's what I started out as. So when I sat down, I just said, you know, what do I want to say? What emotion do I want to convey? What story do I want to tell? And I just kind of came up with this love letter idea. Like if I could write a love letter to all of the staff members here, our teachers, our power professionals, the building administrators, our safe schools officers, all of these people who make our district tick, what would I want to say? And that's what I sat down to write. And it was basically like, you know, this is not going to be easy. I know you're feeling a certain way, but we got this. Um, and it resonated. So many things. And it really brings tears to my eyes as a parent, too, of what you what you saw your son come up with. And how mm -hmm. old is your son that was in it? He is nine. So nine years old. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, and granted, now you, you found out on a Thursday and you actually had to film it on a Sunday to get it completely edited by Monday, right? Correct. We rolled that video out at 8 a.m. on Tuesday morning. So this is like tight, tight. You think oh, um, <laughs> not necessarily recommended, but obviously, no. Kristen, you work well under pressure. Um, and then, you know, not only did it resonate, obviously, well with your district, it resonated well with the entire country. So tell me just a little bit about that. Well, I, I wasn't even um, I was barely at work when, you know, it rolled out at 8 a.m., but it was, you know, through the principals. And before I could even get to work, teachers were sharing the Vimeo link on their own social media. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even get to put this out yet. So as soon as I got to work, that's why I put it on our Facebook page so early because our teachers were already sharing it. Um, And it 100% just took off, you know, I think the message people connected to, it was just a time where people wanted to hear something positive and happy. Like I said, my son, I think the squeaky voice, and he's just a very quirky kid. And this was an instance where his quirks um, really worked out um, with the video. And it just, it 100% took off. I, I couldn't believe it as we started to see the numbers go up and up and up in the comments Um, It really warmed my heart as a writer, because when you write something and you put it out in the world, I thought, you know, you wanted to connect with people. And and it really did. Um, Everything else was just icy. And it was amazing to be on Good Morning America. I mean, I'll I'll never have that experience again. And I'm glad I got to share it with my son and and have our district shown in such a positive light. Um, But it really was the comments and connections that came from that where I just felt like, we did really something great and we put something really great out in the world that hopefully people will continue to connect to. Yeah. And you just, um, you put the whole school PR profession out there of, you know, the impact that you can have and you're, you're really always behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was nice to be able to get highlighted. And I know you didn't, it wasn't all about you. Um, you know, it was it's about, uh, you know, your district and then the impact that it made. Uh, but Kristen, you are such a blessing. I just, um, I think it's, uh, it was just really incredible. And so anybody listening to this, if you have not watched it, please, please watch that um, video. And your son even helped you like write some of it, right? Take oh my goodness. You, you created and made it even better. I will say this, and I say this 100% as a mom, but my kid is brilliant. Um, and I've said that since the day he was born. Like I said, he just has this quirky personality. He he thinks on a whole different level um, that sometimes he, you know, he stops me in my tracks. Um, but we were practicing. Um, I didn't make him memorize the script because it was too much, but we were going line by line. And he started to ad lib. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Jermaine, that is fantastic. So, you know, the one piece, you know, he's the one who added when I said, let's give each other grace. And I say that often. And he said it not grief. And I was like, that is fantastic. It's perfect. Um, and then the blobfish was totally him because he's um, a science kid. He loves STEM. His entire room is animals. And he said, and I was like, he, it was about the part about, you know, let's be good humans. And he said, what about non-humans? And I was like, of course, Jermaine, what do you mean? And he said, like animals. And he told me this whole story about the blobfish and how, you know, people consider it to be the ugliest creature, but he thinks it's beautiful and they deserve love too. 
I was like, sure, we can add the blobfish in. So like I said, it was just one of those moments where his personality um, and his like quirky nature really, really um, helped that sing. It was it was a fantastic moment. Yes. Oh, that's I, I wanted to add, because I agree with you, putting school PR in that spotlight was so huge for me too, um, because this community has been so welcoming and so wonderful. You included... Um, people like Nicole and Melissa and Erica and Kathy and Josh, like everybody wraps their arms around you to make sure that you're okay. Um, Jason Wheeler, I, his mind is so brilliant, um, but it's just such a great space and, and community to be a part of. So I'm glad that that helped school PR get recognition too, because we work really hard for our districts and I want everybody to be in the spotlight and know that they're doing great work. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and you, you're not alone, even if you are a small, a small department of one or whatever, there's all of these people that are so willing to help you. Mm -hmm. um, so as we kind of wrap up, Kristen, because the time has flown by, um, what's like your best social media tip that you would want to share with with everybody listening today? I think uh, finding the story is that the best tip, uh, storytelling and social media go hand in hand. So when I'm working on something, I'm thinking, what is the emotion or the call to action? What do I want to happen here? So even if it's a cute picture, I'm thinking, what is the story that could go along with this that would make someone care enough to stop scrolling and look at this? Um, so a quick example um, from Friday, we got uh, tagged in a tweet from some high school venues place that wanted to have a competition between our Geigel gymnasium and another gymnasium in our state. And I didn't pay it any attention at first, but as soon as I started to see the, the other team, quote unquote, kind of, you know, diss us and dog us and say our gym, I knew the story that I needed to tell our fans was we're competitive. Just go to Twitter and do this. And just by saying, you know how competitive Red Knights are, was enough that, you know, in an hour, we had far more than them. So it's really trying to identify that emotion that is going to spur people to stop, scroll, um, or, or take an action. So find that story, what's going to connect with your audience that they care enough about, um, that they'll like your post. Yeah, and you have done amazing work. I mean, again, you've got a lot of followers, but there's a lot of posts that you put out that will have like almost 200 comments. That's not easy to do, even when you do have a lot of followers. Can you just, uh, as we kind of wrap up, just <laughs> the air hug, your, your picture of the, of the student. Oh Tell that me was, about that secret. So air hugs, that came from uh, our teacher at Amanda Stout, Jen Ulrich, who is fantastic. She's not even on my communications crew, um, but she's on Twitter and she's wonderful. Um, and she posted that um, just, you know, like, oh, it was before school started. And this young lady, pre-kindergarten student, had already sent a picture. She was so excited about school. So Jen had posted that in August and I saw it and I saved it. I got the name of the student from her and I said, what am I going to do with this? It's too cute. And then literally first day of school was like, oh, air hug. And it, you know, pinged off of kid superintendent because we had used air hug. And you had taught us the emoji trick, like instead of um, asking people to respond with long responses because they just don't have the time for that. What emoji can you use? So we've started to do that more this year to just say that one was just leave a purple heart to give her a hug back. 
and it and it took off people that's easy it was simple and they did that rather than saying hey give a good message to this young lady for the start of school our our community might not have done that but they easily posted the purple heart but that was a trick that i learned in our group and so the easier you can make it the better yeah and i love it so i'm going to make sure to link to that post in the show notes as well so you guys um are going to have a host of things that you can look out and look up and check out yourself um kristen if people want to you know because they're going to want to be connected to you now what's the best way for them to connect with you um i am on twitter so mine is kristen boyd k-r-i-s-t-i-n-b-o-y-d-p-r um, that is my handle. Please follow me there. Um, email is always good too. And that's boydkm at readingsd.org. And reading is spelled like reading, like I read the book. So it's that way. But I hope I did okay today, Andrea. Oh my God, you did awesome. Okay. Everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, you, sh- you could have her on every week. And we could, because we could go through just a- all of your posts. So I really want to encourage you, you know, get connected with Kristen on a personal level. She's very inspirational, the way that she's been able to grow in, in the communication role. And you've just been amazing. But then your work that you do, again, now it's a little bit special time, uh, but check out these uh these social media channels that uh, are out of Reading because you can draw a lot of inspiration. And of course, if you want to hang out even a little more, then you can join our membership group too, which is a great way to stay connected. Um, But I love this interview. Thank you so much for spending time. And now I know you've got to get back to more strategy and work uh, with your team. But um, I just really appreciate the conversation, Kristen. Thank you. I'm so excited. You know how much I love you and appreciate you. Um, you do excellent work as well. And uh, I'm, I'm just glad you kind of, you're one of the glues that keep us all together. So thank you. Well, it's a blessing to be able to serve great people like you and keep up the great work. And everybody listening, uh, tune in again next week. We'll have another fantastic host. But hey, share this episode. Like if you got a lot out of it, share it with other school communicators, school leaders that need to uh, need to hear this message because I think we need we can do a lot of great things when we spread it. So uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Kristen. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. I hope you learned a lot from this episode of the Mastering Social Media for Schools podcast. Every week, I pick the brains of experts across the country to bring you the best tips and tricks to make your school social media shine. If you were inspired today, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And when you have a moment, please leave me a review. I just want to reach more social media rock stars like you and your reviews help. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. But before I sign off, I have one more message for you. Now, I know that you want to be a rock star social media manager for your school. And in order to do that, you actually need training and support. But I know budgets are tight. That's why I've developed a free bi-weekly email newsletter that's packed with tips, post ideas, blog articles, and more. It's everything tailored just for you, a social media manager for a K-12 school. Sign up at the link in the show notes of this episode, and I can't wait to see your name on the list.